you're listening to Home in Him, bringing home the joy of the gospel and helping people live as new creations. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Eric, and I'm here with my committed wife, Leslie. We're glad you're here. Today we are speaking particularly about a new school year. Yes. Cue and the cue the music. The it's the most wonderful, wonderful time, time of, of the, the year. year. The Staples commercial. You must remember it, audience. The you know it was the, the dad, and he was so happily pushing the cart down the aisle, throwing school supplies in his cart, and the kids are dragging their feet behind, and he's like, "They're going back." I don't. I just. It was a very good marketing. <laughs> thing I really it stuck with me but you know for homeschool moms at least me in particular that is exactly how I sometimes feel it's such a happy time I love fresh pencils and notebooks and setting up our schedule and getting into a routine and I've researched and found all of the best new products that are going to make this coming year the best year ever new approaches that we're going to just surpass all other years it's just it's a great time and great expectations. Yes, which really that te- that term expectation is uh, is critical uh, because that's the first challenge that we want to talk about yes. to prepare our listening audience for. How do you deal with the expectations that really themselves are not bad? Right. I mean, we have to have expectations. It's just. Um, when we make those expectations into idols and uh, we don't allow God to work that's right so we're gonna we're gonna face two challenges expectations is the first one I can say I was thinking about I've been homeschooling for a long time actually I think it's about 17 or 18 years it's not quite 20 yet but I'm rounding the bin and every summer or fall there's the exact same cycle that occurs in my life. Um, I have really high hopes of great advances and they follow the same trend every every year. The first day of school, around lunchtime, I come into your office and I throw myself dramatically on the chair and say, I quit, I can't <laughs> do this. Because you know, all of the computers aren't working and logins don't work for math and the books aren't ready or people can't find the copies of whatever and it's just a madness madhouse and then um by october uh i've pressed on and continued but i want to change everything i'm using i just want i'm just like it's all wrong i I need to start over i just i can't and then february comes and i'm just like you know what why don't we just throw in the towel for this year and then i'll just start fresh next year i don't even want to finish the year i'm just like cut my losses we'll do better next year that's the that's the trend that i go through that's my expectation cycle. You've never really been that bad, though, I have I, to say. I don't tell you, maybe, but it's in my head. It's in my head You've for never sure. quit. <laughs> You've never quit. Yes, you're right. That That is true. I never fully quit. but um, So that's really, that's the example, I guess. It's a little dramatic and extreme. But, you know, I think we all struggle with it when the expectations of what we're thinking are going to happen, they just don't happen. And if we don't have our hearts in the right place then they become idols and things just go south. And so um, the best remedy 
for wrong expectations or expectations really not being met is maybe a better way to say it is that we need to always just be reminding ourselves that we don't make or break how our kids turn out. You know, we're not ultimately the ones that decide that God is in control. Yes, we are not our children's saviors. Right. That's a very important point. To remember all the time, not just in school, true, but certainly it manifests itself in school when we try to to force uh, for, force outcomes yes. that are really just just really it's an idolatrous expectation. You're right, and you know um, God will always work, and sometimes He works through us, and sometimes He just works in spite of us. <laughs> And um, that is actually a comfort. It's a comfort to me to know that I really can't mess it up outside of God's uh, plan and will. And you really wrote an article that I feel like addressed that a little bit a couple weeks back here. Yes, that was a, I would encourage that to our, to our listeners. It was an article entitled, I think, Will Our Children Walk with Jesus? Yes. Something yeah. like that. And uh, the essence of the article is just focusing on being faithful with what we know that we're supposed to do, which is to show them Christ and to love Jesus ourselves and for them to see our love for him in our attitudes and actions. And, you know, that should translate, you know, into our school endeavors that 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 really needs to be what our expectation is, is faithfulness on our own part as parents with the spiritual things, which are the most important things, but seeing, you know, the education Mm -hmm. as a means through which we can remind them of those things that are true about them in Christ. And that when there's failure, when Mm -hmm. expectations fall apart, when, you know, the kids flunk a test, they don't do their assignments. Yeah. You know, that we go back to what we're supposed to be most faithful about. True. Which is the gospel and reminding them of who they are in the Lord. So that that is where they find their identity. Not in their good grades or poor grades, but in him alone. So yeah. I think that's really an important way to keep expectations in check is, yes, we set goals. But the main expectation that we want to have uh, with our children is that they're walking with the Lord and sometimes that means I remember, you know, way back, years back when we were running the homeschool ministry at the church that you know, I just remember one of the couples that worked with us, very high expectations, very high standards for their, for their children, uh, said one time, I just remember that she said, you know, uh, we were homeschooling this week and this attitude came out in one of her children and she said, okay, close the books. Let's stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's deal with this. Right. And so it's so important that we have the right expectations. And you've said before, which is true, that oft- sometimes we look at academics as the end. What we're going to do, we're going to finish this subject. This is the end. This is the goal. But a lot of times those that subject is the means to get to the true spiritual end because in the laziness or in the you know whatever attitudes we see the hard attitudes that's where we like you said you close the book and you have to deal with that and it's really not all that much about the subject sometimes it's really about the child's heart in the moment but 
Right. Well, I would like to add something okay. on this on this expectation issue before we move on to the second uh, thing that we wanted to talk about. And that is that we need to think about what God's expectation is. Yeah. And maybe we really should have just started there. Right. That, But it feeds back to faithfulness that God's expectation for us is that we faithfully seek him, that we find our life in him. And uh, so if that's God's expectation, it's just that we are to be faithful and he's given us the resources of his word, his spirit, prayer, our brothers and sisters in Christ at church to support and equip us, that that's where our focus needs to be as parents with the children, but also in helping the children have that same yeah. expectation to see, yes, I do need to work hard. I do need to try to do well in language arts. Right. I, de- I do need to try to do well in math. But that those things always are are pursued within the context of walking with the Lord. And so, um, you know, that's the expectation, faithfulness. Exactly. And having our heart orientation right and putting our hope and trust in God, which will allow us then to, um, to respond to the right. cycle that I mentioned above and to the broken pencils and the bad attitudes about you know, the school day, and I'm sure the kids will have some bad attitudes too in there, yeah. but <laughs> more my bad attitude half the time. But um, yeah, so that heart orientation is really key. And you know, the second challenge in many ways kind of flows from the first, and that is comparison. Um, it's sometimes subtle and sometimes not so subtle, but it's very active among homeschool parents. And I, you know, social media doesn't help because that's where you get to see everybody's successes all plastered up, you know, and you could scroll through about 10 of them and in a minute and really beat yourself up. And, um, you know, but it can happen when you least expect it, I think, this comparison thing. And it's, it's funny to me because, especially as homeschoolers, we homeschool many times. Well, there's lots of reasons, but one of the benefits is that you can teach your child at their own speed. And if they have learning challenges, you can work with them and we can work through them and it's it's this whole very you know individualized thing but then when we get to be talking with our friends it's all about oh really you your child's doing latin and your french oh wow okay i i'm really messing up here cuz i'm you know not or whatever the the games that we moms play with ourselves are just whether well, ridiculous so i'm i'm saying this as much to myself as anybody else um, I remember one innocent conversation after church with a fellow homeschool mom just talking when the kids were really young about they were saying that they I think they used Becca math which you know that's just not what I use but it's very advanced and and they were talking about how their first or second grader was having trouble getting the quarter of the hour thing figured out and I had two thoughts running through my mind one was that I I love teaching textbooks. That's very consistent. If anybody wants to talk to me about that, I'm happy to say how much I love it. I've used it for years, but it is a computer-based program where the computer does most of the work for you and you just check in as a mom. And so my first thought was, I'm not even sure if my kids have covered clocks yet. I mean, I don't sit with them each lesson, so I'm not sure. (laughs) But then, um, you know, my second thought was... uh, kids learn at different speeds and in different ways and you know late blooming is a real thing we've certainly seen that in some of our kids um and that's one of the benefits to homeschooling that we really need to just embrace and not 
continue the comparison agony. So. Yes, we as parents um, need to remember that, and this is hard because we all know our weaknesses. We know where we fail. And uh, when we're, especially when we measure ourselves constantly against other people, um, you know, that we can become in our attitude uh, very down on mm -hmm. our efforts yeah. because we feel like that we don't measure up. Right. And forget the fact that, you know, when you really stop and think about it, each of the children that, that God has given us could not have been created, really, other than through God, obviously, is the author of life, but mm -hmm. working through, you know, a particular couple. Yeah. So no other parents in the whole wide world and the history of the world could have had, you know, our eight kids. Right. And, you know, God is bigger than our worst homeschool day. Right. And our best homeschool day. He has a much bigger plan that involves our unique facets as parents, our weaknesses, our strengths, our struggles, that he intends to use to shape our children. Right. And I think that that, you know, when we get into that comparison game, we forget that, no, I'm unique, Leslie's unique, or, you know, you and your wife or your husband are particularly unique, and God has particularly equipped you mm -hmm. for your children and so um, the comparison game wars against that it does yes definitely and you know um, one not necessarily homeschooling but one of the the ways that I've seen that and just um, <laughs> I've applied it I guess is the kids sometimes with eight kids you don't get your own bedroom so they are always sharing and sometimes sharing with people that are quite the opposite of them. In fact, it's usually. a good thing. It keeps is. them out of trouble. It does. It it is true. That does. But you know, when they kind of get grumbly about it, I just have started to tell them, you know, God must just have a plan to either have you live in a really small place, or I hate to say it, but probably your future spouse is going to be a lot like your sibling slash roommate that you're really annoyed with right now. And you know, this is just God preparing you so that you will be able to have grace in dealing with them and you know because I do believe he uses everything so joking aside truly you know that is what shapes them into the people that God wants them to be and you know just my closing thought is just or my closing little story that I was thinking about with this is um, along the lines of comparison so now we we have older kids we do have a few younger kids but our son, who's um, off at Liberty, this past semester was his first semester, but, you know, when he graduated, we weren't sure what he was going to do. His older siblings, some did community college, some just worked. We, you know, we, so that's where he started. That's where we kind of figured he'd be. And, you know, as I look back, I don't, I don't even know where it happened. It was in the blur of teaching the other five kids and all of the ministry plates spinning that, you know, he just decided he wanted to transfer to Liberty. He was going to get his EMT training and transfer to Liberty. And okay, we, we, you know, went along. And before you know it, he is in Liberty. And, you know, he's gone through all of the application process. And literally, I mean, yes, we, he talked to us. We want to support him. We've 
we talk them, ask questions, but in really, to be honest, he's totally done it himself. And I just, I've had conversations with other moms and they've talked about, you know, having to push their son along to, to apply for this or that. And, oh, did you make this deadline? And I'm just like, oh, there's a deadline because I've really been very hands off. And that I felt bad about that. I wanted to be more helpful. But, you know, looking back now, I can see that it's it's so amazing how his ownership of his education has come from just really doing it himself. And, you know, he he owns it. He cares about his grades because he's paying for his school and he he knows that if he has to repeat a class, that's just money down the drain. But he's researched the different things. And I mean, he's just he's very motivated and very um just not he's driven he's determined and I feel like that is really come out of him just taking that himself and he wouldn't have had that if he had a mom that was you know right his hand and walking through pushing all the buttons for him so right right so I think a good way sort of to wrap this whole conversation up is just to remember that God is sovereign that God is ruling uh, all the details of our lives, including our schooling. <laughs> yeah. And the more that we rest in the fact that he's overseeing everything, because he does, he sees the beginning and he sees the end and everything in between. We don't. Right. And so we need to be able to rest in that truth. And resting in that truth enables us to set expectations, to have goals, but to set the right expectations. Yes. Right. You know, ultimately, it is about us being faithful to God as parents, but in teaching our children, mm-hmm. you know, that their responsibility to him, God expects them to be faithful, uh, not perfect, not straight A's, not a 1600 on the sat, not getting into the greatest school, but that they love the Lord and serve him and obey him. So. Right. The expectation issue is addressed when we see, you know, that God is the one who's in control, uh, not us as parents. And then also the comparison issue. When we look at our weaknesses and we compare ourselves with other parents and think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to wreck my child's life, whatever, you know, but to step back and just realize, yes, I have weaknesses. Yes, there's things that I need to work on. But all of that is a part of God's plan that makes us as parents unique for our children. And so, you know, God's sovereignty allows us, you know, to think that way. Mm -hmm. That frees us to not compare ourselves with others, but to embrace the differences, even the weaknesses and challenges, knowing that God will use all of that uh, to do his work Mm -hmm. in the life of our children, which is so much bigger and broader than math, English, and science. And those are important things. I don't want to under right. underestimate the importance of those things, but there is a context to those. Yeah. And that is a relationship with God himself. So anyway, we hope that this has been encouraging to you. And uh, we end, as we always do, by reminding you that because you are new creations in Christ, therefore walk faithfully.